0: Hi again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls. You are in the Chatter Zone with uh, Becky Crawford. Becky, good to have you here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: E- episode number 104, do you believe? Um, no, excuse me. Oh, it's got to be more than that. 105. Yeah, 105. I turned the page. And Rick Merfeld's in the house. We're going to talk about uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving, and we're uh, awfully excited about that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. But, but in, in thy, thy mercy, mercy, hear and answer, answer me. me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 We're brought to you by Hot Works out on Holiday Drive. Stop by and see Melissa and ask her to spell holiday for you. <laughs> it is worth the trip just to go all the way out there. And Becky, uh, Colleen can't be with us uh, tonight. She's taking care of Bill. we got to send some prayers out for our good friend Bill.
1: We do. We should get. say
0: a Hail Mary form right now. Hail Mary, Mary full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, women and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb,
1: Jesus. Jesus.
0: Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, mother of God, of God. pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Our amen, death. Amen, amen. amen. And we're praying for a uh, successful dialysis transition. Cor- the, correct. 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 The way that goes. Yes,
1: Set into that.
0: And we're also playing, uh, praying for a, uh, a kidney. He, he's on and the he's list on to the get list. and uh, been there for a while. So please, mm. dear Lord Jesus and your blessed mother, please uh, make that happen as soon as possible. Rick Merfold's back in the house. I thought he'd been here three or four times, Becky. He's, he's doing crocodile tears saying that, no, he was only invited one other time. So I guess the begging doesn't count.
2: It doesn't. <laughs> For people who try that, you know, strategy with you, uh, Mr. Oglesby, it will not work. Yeah, so no, there's got to be some substance what people bring to you.
0: Don't, don't know what happened, Rick. I thought you were uh, here more than, more than one time. Maybe, Must have been the coffees we've had here. Maybe the that's it.
2: We've had a number of conversations with the good Deacon Bill. And,
0: and we just didn't turn the uh, recording on.
2: That's right, that's right.
0: You're president of Caught Up in Christ Ministries, and we're going to talk about that. And you're also... Um, executive director at st vincent de paul is that the correct title that is correct that's what i would call you. Mm-hmm. and um, we're gonna we're gonna get some people uh talking about the food drives we're going to do before the end of the year and early next year for the pantries that but, would be uh, wonderful we probably Absolutely. should have details about where and when before we go there but uh, and
2: we will do that
0: get your canned goods and blue jeans ready because we're going to do that. Tell us, what is Caught Up in Christ Ministries?
2: Well, Caught Up in Christ Ministries is a group of guys that got together who are being moved and who the Lord has put on their heart to help people uh, with so much going on around us, uh, in in our world, and around yeah. the, in our country, in our own homes, and in our own hearts. All of us could use a little spiritual first aid. And so our goal at Caught Up in Christ Ministries is to Uh, help people get reconnected to set or to reset their faith firmly on Christ.
0: So how'd you get started on this here? You got a couple guys helping you, but you're really the big guy, the president behind that.
2: Well, you know, depending on how far you want to go back to, um, the funny story, I guess, which really shows for me that God's had his hand on this the whole time is... um, a number of you, about five years ago now, five or six years ago, and I was asked to do a talk at a local C.E.W. Mm-hmm. and I've done C.E.W. talks before. Many of our listeners is probably uh, taken advantage of and benefited from Christian Experience Weekends. Right. And I was asked to do the study talk, <clears throat> and um, Dave and Tom asked me to do that. I had given the talk before, and right. uh, so I knew what it was. What was needed? I knew the time frames. Uh, the surprising thing is is that as I was writing this talk, uh, I knew two things. It wasn't the right talk, and it was way too long. How's that? Uh, because I had done it before, and I knew that it was going in a different direction than what a study talk traditionally would. And yet, I felt the need to continue to write it. And so when I gave the talk to Dave and Tom uh, prior to the weekend, right. they confirmed that, yep, it's the wrong talk, Rick, and it's way too long. But they gave me some feedback. yeah. And then a week later, I found out that I was double booked. And for anybody who knows me, um, I don't double book myself. I, I track that schedule pretty well. And so for me to be double booked, that was unusual. And so I couldn't even make the weekend. And so I had to call the guys, you know, regretfully uh, declined to do it. They fortunately found somebody better than me to do the weekend uh, to do that talk. But the, the important thing happened at... The closing ceremony, I got back into town from a, a work commitment, um, mm-hmm. and Dave and I met at the closing, and he said, Rick, I don't know what you're working on, but you need to keep working on it. Yeah. And that was the message, and so I, I continued. I, I finished writing the paper. I shared it with a number of people that were interested in it, and they said, this is something you need to continue to work on, because this is what we need to hear. This is what people need to hear. And so the Lord uh, uh, made me a way to, uh, you know, write my book, uh, and it was released, "Caught Up in Christ: Spiritual First Aid for Believers and Seekers," in 2019. Uh, nobody told me that uh, it's a terrible time to try to release a book during, you know, right before pandemic. <laughs> uh, but we did it anyway. And as uh, and but during the pandemic, I had an opportunity to work with um, two. Catholic parishes in southwestern Wisconsin their leadership teams on developing an evangelization model for their parishes and so we met for 10 months and went through the structure of the book and from those uh, from that work with those two parishes it came you know it became quite clear to me that parishes needed help on better understanding what evangelism is especially within catholic communities um, and it bases, basically went back to the basics of our Catholic faith. And here's the metaphor that sticks. Yeah, Think is. about uh, medical first responders. Becky, you've mm-hmm. been in the medical field yes. forever. When medical first responders or nurses show up on the accident, uh, the scene of an accident, illness, or injury, what do they do?
1: It's an assessment right away. They
2: immediately begin to assess critical life right. support systems. Are they breathing? is Yeah, a heart the beating? ABCs.
0: Triage
1: triage,
2: because they understand that if a person's heart stops beating, it won't matter if they have a broken arm. Well, spiritual first aid takes the same approach, and we understand that if a person's heart stops beating for Jesus Christ, it really won't matter if they don't understand Catholic dogma, doctrine, and tradition.
0: So when you say if somebody's Christian heart has stopped beating, or their heart has stopped beating for Christ, what are the symptoms?
2: Well, the symptoms become the thoughts that go through their mind, um, you know, how they're thinking, how they're behaving, the interaction patterns between, uh, you know, family members, friends, uh, how they're interacting with the world around them.
0: So if you're doing triage, Rick, what, do you, what are the signs you're seeing? What go, go, You got some stories, some examples yep, there?
2: Yep, and uh, the one story that I'll share.
0: Yeah. Take notes, nurse.
2: Yeah, take notes, nurse. Um,
0: Scalpel. Yes. <laughs>
2: the one of the early um, interactions that I had, and it goes back to my family. A lot of what uh, I began to experience happened with my family because I had yeah. a great mentor, Jim, tell me. He says, "Rick, if it doesn't work at home, don't export it." Right. And mm-hmm. so the idea was, if I was going to have any impact, you know, if if the Lord was really setting Rick up to have an impact. In the community it would s- certainly have to show up first in my own family and so I began to, to, to watch and to reflect and spiritual triage for Rick always starts with the question of how do people experience me because getting caught up in Christ not only experiences the way we experience the world It also changes the way that we the world experiences us. Mm -hmm. And so I started having conversations and I would ask my adult sons, you know, guys, what's it been like to have me as your father? What's it been like to to have me uh, you know in your life? The conversations we have. And they began to give me feedback on 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 the the things that were really cool about me as a dad, but also some of the, the frustrating things or some of the challenges. And they would tell stories about uh you know being out in public and hoping that Dad didn't open his mouth because they were gonna be embarrassed again on what on uh, what part on subjects of you know um, you know my work life, my professional life my business life my my growing faith at that point you know and i was I was tripping over my own feet and uh you know if they were in the if they were in the restaurant with me or whatever they would just kind of bother him oh my God, here he goes again you know and so so, I needed to continue to work on me first.
0: So uh, you, you named about four things: your professional life, your work life, your. But then you got to your faith life. What well, there, there were three or five of those. I didn't get them. Yep. What?
1: W- well, I was just going to say, and this is a conversation that the timing is when you have an adult children.
2: Right. Right. And for us, you know, my I can remember one day that I was concerned that our kids had stepped away from the church like so mm-hmm. many of our kids and uh, of our children and even our grandchildren and I was exp- explaining that so to it's Dagmar. It's the number
0: one call we get here.
2: The number one call we get is how do I, you know, what about my kids? What about my grandkids? Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was expressing my concerns with Dagmar, my wife, about the fact that the boys don't go to church anymore. And she helped and she stopped me and she said, "Rick, do they believe in God? Oops. Are they still grounded?" In the belief of Jesus Christ, and and it stopped me because I began to realize that, sure enough, that's that's the foundational element of what of where we're at because everything we do in the church, even the church's role in God's greater plan, mm-hmm. is to help people get caught up in Christ, and so I was beginning to understand that. Instead of asking the boys about, you know, explaining, you know, my personal and wonderful intimate experiences with the the sacraments or my great, you know, community of believers that I was, you know, that I was blessed with at at church, I needed to kind of refocus and and ask them, Getting back to that whole spiritual triage, how's your relationship with God? And asking the boys questions on that level to be able to assess the degree to which they were caught up in Christ and to the degree to so which their that, hearts... So tie that
0: back to the, uh, where you opened up here when you were talking to the adult children. Both boys? Three boys. Three boys.
2: Three boys, Yep.
0: And they said, you know, sometimes they're proud of Dad, but sometimes he's going to open his mouth and he's going to embarrass us. What, what Was the embarrassment in and around your witness to Christ?
2: Not initially, um, but that became part of it, is because, um, you know, they had grown up with me, they, you know, we had talked about church, we had talked about faith things, but for me to, you know, to start up a conversation with a stranger or someone that even that I knew,
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: to begin to ask them questions like, how's your relationship with God today? You know, or I'm sorry that your your wife's dealing with you know a medical emergency. Can we pray for? Her? Um,
0: that would make your adult children uncomfortable or embarrassed.
2: Initially, it was uh, really because they also were in a in this faith development, this spiritual development process where they needed to ask the questions, and I think that's the key. Where all of us find ourselves this going into this holiday season, it's so easy to get caught up in the Christmas lights and the trees and the gifts and the presents and 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 even our you know even our Catholic you know even our Catholic faith in terms of you know celebrating masses and celebrating the sacraments and stuff. But for people who are disconnected from the church or dis you know currently in disbelief of the mm-hmm. story of God, for us to talk about church items, really doesn't move them any closer to
1: church or
2: to the sacraments or to intercessory prayer.
0: Becky, this might be an aha moment.
1: Well, it is, it is. And for me, I can see, you know, if I sat down with my adult children, even my grandchildren who are are quickly becoming adults, and said, you know, where is God in your life? Or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I can see where they would kind of go whoa where, where is mom at but at the same time i would be planting a seed you know rather than saying you know just you can answer me now or just kind of ponder this a little bit you know mm-hmm. and it's you got to start somewhere. so that's
0: your family but you're you're in a unique position that only a handful of people in dubuque are on this airwaves mm-hmm. becky because you you you're meeting people you're providing health care,
1: mm-hmm.
0: health assistance, but you're also doing it with uh, somewhat of an evangelization. You, you work with the parish and things like that. I mean, are you, it didn't occur to me until Rick's talking no. here. You start talking about Jesus Christ, these people may not know him, may not like him.
1: Well, it's interesting that we're having this conversation tonight. I had two elderly parishioners that I visited today. Yeah. I had several, but two of them in particular. Both of them ninety one ninety three wow, and they are wringing their hands, they're getting close to the end of their life, and their children no longer practice the faith mm-hmm. and they was so interestingly enough, I had nice, long conversations with both of them that their prayers they will know where their prayer's at, not to stop praying, and um So, yeah, isn't that interesting that, yeah, even at that age, they are just really worried for their children.
2: Well, and let me, uh, and again, not to scare anybody, but to be real, because I think there's more Mm -hmm. stories like this out there the more people we talk to. Um, We had a great friend. um, Their mother passed away in the last six months, and the last four to six weeks of her life Mm -hmm. were very uncomfortable. Um, She was in a lot of turmoil. And one of the things that she kept asking—she was a lifelong um, Catholic—but one of the things that she kept asking her children was, "Am I going to go to heaven?" You know, they were. She was looking for assurance about was she going to go to heaven, and uh, you know, this was troubling for her. And the and the sad thing is, is that the you know, when the parish priest came over to give her final rites, she asked him, "Father, am I going to go to heaven?" and and the children were were shocked to hear silence the, the parish priest just didn't know how to answer that question and so to go to to the gentleman that you were talking with Becky I think even within mm-hmm. the faithful you know you get to those moments in your life and you really wonder you know what's the critical what's the crux of my wow. faith and where does my assurance come from and our assurance comes from, you know, Romans 10, uh, I think it's chapter 10, verse 9. Do you, you know, will you confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord? And do you believe that God raised him from the dead for, you know, to, to pay the price for your sins?
0: Wow. Rick Merfeld is our guest today with with Becky Kropfel. And uh, Rick is the uh, president of Caught Up in Ministries. We're going to get back. This is, this is really touching. We're talking about the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's coming up. And uh, we're going to be around a lot of family and friends. And um, in this day and age when not everybody uh, just doesn't practice their faith, it's becoming more acute, uh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't believe in Christ at all. We're, we're coming back. Rick, we're going to pick it up. This is the 105th episode of The Chatter. We're brought to you by Hotworks on Holiday Drive and we'll be back right after these announcements. We're back in the studios of Aquinas Communications, FM 98.3 KCRD. Becky Crawford is with us, and, and Rick Murfeld, who is the president of Caught Up in Christ Ministries. Beautiful book that you've got there. Becky's holding a copy of it. Yeah. Um,
1: Where did you come up with the title?
2: Well, actually, the it's always been about Caught Up in Christ. That's been kind of the, the phrase that has, that has guided everything and has been kind of convicted me over the years, Becky, was, Rick, get caught up in Christ. Don't get... Confused? Don't get distracted by all the stuff, right? Yeah. Get caught up in Christ. Um, and then initially the the title was Caught Up in Christ, Spiritual First Aid for Roman Catholics. But I actually had a great friend of mine, another Roman Catholic said, ooh, how about believers and seekers? And hmm. I thought, that's the key, right? Because we're either believers or we're seekers. You either recognize, you know, the role of Jesus Christ in, in the lives of sinners, you either recognize, you know, Tommy, You've talked before about, you know, when when you pass away and get your uh, promotion to heaven, you hope people just say, "Here lies a sinner." Yeah, and he fell on the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, and, if you've and, talked to anybody, that's going to be a pretty pretty safe bet.
1: Yeah,
2: they've
0: that's... met me, haven't they, back?
1: Well, and you know, <laughs> interesting. We just had our pastor on All Souls Day. Were you there? Yeah, and he he gave a homily you know um right off the top of his head and said you know uh, we cannot canonize people at their funeral Well, you know if you, truth be known i far. think
0: it's against canon law to even mention the uh deceased although yeah. that that yeah. often turns into a eulogy yeah. Yeah. but uh right. we're doing it yeah. there was an aha moment in the last segment uh rick and i think we need to go deeper It was something like this that you know we're trying to evangelize and find out where people are with Christ and the reality of is they aren't anywhere with Christ they don't believe they're not going to mass Um, they've been they've been baptized not catechized and the scary part is uh, some of this generation Becky is not even being baptized
1: no, no. There's no right. baptism. There's weddings on the beach, and yeah.
0: so you got you got the three things, Rick. Tell us about that and how you weave that into your conversations.
2: The the question that I get a lot is, okay, so how do I do this? Even if I want to do this, Rick, if I want to try to help my kids with their faith, because I'm scared to death. Because Rick was scared to death, and and here's a quick little story that got it going. Um, Sunday night supper. And we're having a conversation. Somewhere along the, the the conversation, God came up, and our little Sophie then was about seven. Looked at me and she said, "But Papa, how do you know God's real?" I couldn't answer. Sophie's the your uh, our little granddaughter. Granddaughter. Yeah, and I couldn't answer the question. She asked a legitimate question, and I didn't have an answer for. Her. But what I did know is that for me to say, "Well, sweetheart, he's real because I believe he's real." Would be no answer yeah, at all.
0: Yeah, probably not going to work.
2: No, and so it got me going into research mode, study mode. And so the three concrete things that people need to get comfortable with or to get familiar with yeah. are comfort to stay in conversations, confidence to answer questions, and courage to witness naturally.
1: The three Cs.
2: Those are the three Cs. And the reason why Give we... Give those st- again for yep, The comfort to stay in conversations... yeah. Confidence to answer questions And courage to witness naturally And if we start with Comfort to stay in conversation Think of the last time you got into a conversation You know, Becky, you mentioned it in the previous section Mm -hmm. About, um, you know, having conversations With two of your patients You could have Much like I did for a long time Just not respond Just hope the conversation changes the subject Mm -hmm. Or for me to purposefully change the subject So that I don't have to continue it The number one thing that we need to be able to do with our family members and our friends and even strangers, regardless of where they're at on that spiritual triage model, whether they're caught up in Christ or whether they believe in God but they don't quite understand Jesus' role or whether they don't even believe in God anymore. I saw a bumper sticker the other day that says, science is the vaccination for faith. And I thought, wow, but that's the prevailing notion, right? And Tom, you mentioned that there are so many so people. So say that
0: again. Let the, That's, that's got to sink in.
2: Science is the vaccination for faith. You don't need faith. You just Whoa. need science. You
0: saw this on a bumper sticker?
2: In little old Dubuque, Iowa.
0: Holy cats.
2: It's scary to think what people are engaged with. But then again, if you were to talk to that person, they would grasp onto that and say, science can answer everything. In fact, we just did a presentation this summer. We're going to post it on our website soon about science, evolution, and the creation story. Because so many of our kids, how many of you have gotten into conversations with your kids and say, well, Dad, you know, evolution answers all the questions. All you got to do is just pay attention to science.
0: Last time I checked, it was oh, the theory of absolutely. evolution.
2: Absolutely, and so part- before
0: the mid nineteenth century, there was no evolution.
2: That's right. That's right. And science, the message, the core message about that uh, that video is: you may not believe, and you can choose not to believe. That's totally up to you. But don't let science be the reason you don't believe. Don't let science be the reason you don't believe. And so that's part of what we want to do at Caught Up in Christ Ministries is to equip people to have. Comfort so to stay in those conversations. So it's
0: comfort, it's confidence, it's courage. Are you? Yep. Uh, what's your approach? Are you? Are you? Uh, are, are you doing?
1: Uh,
2: are
0: you presenting ideas? Or are you doing the Socratic method of questioning?
2: It kind of depends on the situation, and part, and that's why we want to help people understand. Also, the whole thing about having courage to witness naturally. Is we've heard forever, you just need to go out and evangelize. Well, how I evangelize and share my faith is going to be different from how you do it. Sure, sure, And so we need to help people understand what makes sense to them based on their, their where they're at in their faith journey, their personalities, you know, strengths and weaknesses, you know, their family structure. So let's let's set
0: up a hypothetical here because we're days away from Turkey Day. Yep, we're we're gathered around, TVs on, footballs coming. Got family members, friends, neighbors coming in. It's it's a melting pot of, of um, on the the dial of mm-hmm. the faith spectrum, <laughs> right. right?
2: You've got people all over all the right. place on spiritual. Triage. And just
1: to get their attention, can we have a prayer before we sit down? Let's back up. A, well, let's back
2: up one step further before yeah. we get to that. First of all, when people are coming and walking inside your mm-hmm. door, literally say, "Praise God, you're here." That's simple. It's simple little things in terms sure. of bring God into everything that you say, or to imagine you know, that praising trying, God
0: yeah. on the day of giving thanks to the that's Creator right. is that, that that that's more.
2: Because you write can, that one down, you can yeah. you can say things like that. Again, people might look at you like, "Where'd you get the second head?" You know, it's that it's that deer in the headlight look. But the reality is, is you can say things like that, and they're not going to take issue with you Mm-hmm. Praise God you're here. I'm so glad you're here. How was the trip? Mm -hmm. But -hmm. you're still bringing that into the conversation. Okay, all right. Keep going. Keep going. Let them know that you believe enough to vocalize it. Then when you sit down for prayer, if this is your house, you have the right to say a prayer, right? They probably are expecting you to do one of two things. Don't pray at all or to do the traditional Catholic blessing and then nobody's going to follow along, right? Let's surprise them. Let's take the opportunity to do... Something from your heart, just say, Everybody, I just want to pray. Don't even, you know, you don't even have to do the sign of the cross, but you know, just pray from the heart, Heavenly Father. We're so glad that you've gathered us here today. And go from there. And, don't and you don't want to do again. the
0: sign of the cross?
2: I'm not, it all depends on your group.
0: Why?
1: Because you can Becky, certainly what do you say do on this? What do well, you say on this? I, I Here's the, the thing I do the sign of the cross, I, yeah. and I do have a mixture. Absolutely. And, and that, some do sign of the cross. Absolutely. And some don't, but they reverently just put their head down.
2: And regardless of whether you do pieces mm-hmm. like that, the end has to include, "I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ." Always. Right? Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. And and you and recognize the pronoun used. I. If I say we pray this, and mm-hmm. I've got people around the table that I know don't believe, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm, I'm 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 welcoming or I'm asking for. Strange looks, or somebody's going to turn, you know, you know, dump the, you know, the potatoes so, on so the you'd, table. So you uh, you'd,
0: you'd, you. If I got, I got twenty people in the house, and three of them don't believe in Christ. You're, you're not going to pray for the other seventeen.
2: Oh, I'm praying for them, but I. No, may no,
0: have... no. You're, you're, you're pronouns. You're, right now I... we're into pronouns. Right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we can talk about. I why... swore
0: I wasn't going to pronouns, Becky, and we're here at, at pronouns. At
2: some point, I'll tell you. At, at the bottom of my work email, it says, "Feel free to ask me why I do not use." I get that, out. I get that. And we can get that, because that's a, that's a real thing. Somebody would well, just I'm, do a show on I'm,
0: I'm that. I'm called to the scripture verse that says, those that de- denied me, uh, you know, denied Christ, I will well, deny before my, my Father. Father Absolutely. Here. So yeah. so so, the, so I'm so where I'm coming from is I'm making the sign of the cross, and I'm saying, we ask this in Jesus' name.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bert's
1: saying you're saying it's better to use the word I and after you say your nice reflection i say this all in the name of jesus christ right i think it goes
2: to your comfort level because again for some people just to say a prayer that's not the standard catholic you know mm-hmm. mealtime prayer sure. that's going to push us and some and people may want to literally write it down on a piece of paper and have it there right next to your silverware because this is going to and again Don't be surprised if Satan comes to the table and and tries to mess us up, right? You know, that's the degree to which we have to be aware of the spiritual warfare that's going on, and it might be happening in our families.
0: Why did he look at me when he said that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) But that's the degree, that's the details that we want to be able to provide families to be able to answer those questions. Okay. That level of, you know, I've, I've had scripts, you know, going back to that whole thing about pronoun use, and we can do it. Show about that at some point because at some point people need to be empowered to stay in that conversation also Right and we can empower them to stay in that conversation
0: too. That whole thing's gotten way out of control. It's
2: way out of control, but it's something that we have to be able to be ready to go and so that's part of what that comfort just stay in the conversation, ask questions, listen. So
0: you got a couple of, of suggestions, greet them at the door and bless them for coming. Absolutely. We're getting ready to eat. Let's let's bless the food and and um,
2: and then listen for the conversations and be ready for those unplanned events because some of you know that if Uncle Harold comes to the table because he always comes to the table at Thanksgiving time and he always says this or you've got family members who you know. So an
0: example would be what what you, what you, what happens in your world?
2: You know, in 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 our world it would be. Um, you know, thanks for praying, Rick, but you know it's not true, or that your truth, you know, isn't my truth. You know, and you can either let it stay there, or you can sit back and say, you know, what exactly do you mean by truth? You know, and ask those questions again. Mm-hmm. The metaphor that comes to mind that is very helpful is is put a put a pebble in the person's shoe. Say something, make a comment. Hey, you know, I observe the fact that. You didn't make the sign of the cross, you know, or I observed the fact that you seemed to roll your, did I see you roll your eyes when we were praying? You know, what was, what's going on there? You know, it's, it's things like that just to help people understand that, you know, and that you believe in
0: the story What do you think of that, Becky? What's your sense of it? You've got a big crowd coming.
1: Oh, um, yes, always a big crowd. Um, well, that's an interesting take, Rick. Um...
2: I wouldn't. do I, it I wouldn't call anybody on the carpet, but maybe no. later during halftime. How are you doing? Can I ask you a spiritual question? How are you doing today? I know that you. I know you've had some challenges. I know that your family member. You know how are you do? can we pray? How's your relationship with God?
1: And I know, um, or many times you hear when you encounter, the uncle, the brother-in-law, whoever comes up with that. Mm-hmm is to return with another question so why do you say that mm-hmm. so what do you believe right. rather than start being defensive instead come back so what makes you say that
2: right or or would you, would you be okay if i you know i asked you what mm-hmm. you know, so if you're
0: willing i'm going to ask both of you the same question you sense you, the uh, the agnostic or the atheistic Attendee at Thanksgiving and Christmas, or or they just they just don't know, they're they're
1: or they, they just don't care. Anymore. They
0: don't know. They don't care. They're lukewarm.
1: They're lukewarm. Lukewarm. They got lazy. Do I dare say that about?
0: So you or? want want some of the uh, four last things holy cards hanging around the buffet table here, <laughs> next to the pumpkin pie? <laughs> yeah, we, you no,
1: know. they already think they walk into a shrine when they walk into my house. So. <laughs> with all, with all well, the, the pictures. Yeah. The Just look crucifix. for the driveway
0: with the halo on it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Job number one is to always nurture relationships. If mm-hmm. you remember, yes. and if you remember that, you know, even look at Jesus' model that he laid out for us. He always started with, how are you doing? Taking mm-hmm. care of you, recognizing their humanity. They, taking he care always of their physical needs. Taking care of the physical needs. But and, don't
0: you think that the aura of Christ... In, in all of these parables for those three years Becky that he he was uh, known to be a holy man I mean he was approached in you know you know he he was that what is is that part of your aura your demeanor Rick that I mean the friends and relatives at holiday already know you're uh, a prayerful guy
2: I'm a firm believer Tom that when you get caught up in Christ, and you invite the Holy Spirit to indwell with you, and you give access to the Holy Spirit to act through you, I think the Holy Spirit goes in front of you. And I think that changes the way that people experience you. I've mentioned that before, that being caught up in Christ changes the way the world experiences you. And I think that's part of it. And so you walk into rooms, you sit down at your table, and if you go into there saying, you know, God give me ears to hear and words to speak, just a simple little prayer. And if you let go of some of that and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, that's going to be a different conversation this year. we
0: got 60 seconds mm-hmm. to the break. What, what say you both about the uh, type of personal preparation uh, for these kinds of things? You just don't walk in cold. Is it is it mm-hmm. prayer? Is it confession? Is it is it uh, intentional? What, what, what are you thinking, Becky?
1: Well, you know, just as a daily... Mass goer, yeah, you know, frequent the. I, I that's my preparation. I mean, I'm state of be, grace. Correct. I'm going to be busy making the turkey and the dressing, etc. What time? <laughs> I'll set an extra couple plates. Bring Ann. <laughs> but seriously, if you are a person that is strong in your faith and have a, a strong prayer life, to me, for me, that is my preparation.
0: Rick, thirty seconds. Which, what's, what's your
2: prep? prayer but also a partner a spiritual parenting really Mm. that's key because if you're going into a situation where you're going to try to do something that you've never done before Mm -hmm. it's going to cause anxiety for you and so you're going to want someone to walk it through practice with role play with you know like i did Mm -hmm. and then have that same person there after dinner or two days later where you can go out for coffee and they'll say how did it go i've been praying for you and having them pray for you. That's a great idea. That Rick Murfeld. That's the community stuff yeah. that we lost yeah. with the whole COVID thing.
0: Rick Murfeld's in the studio. Becky Crawfell's our host today. Uh, Caught Up in Christ Ministries is is the uh, is the ministry. And,
1: and the, the website. And the Call website. Christ.com
0: And the book. It's all there. Uh, we're brought to you by Hot Works on Holiday Drive with two L's. The only holiday drive in the country with two L's, so far as we know. And uh, this is episode 105. We're going to come back with segment number three, and we're going to talk about some of the things you did, uh, some live things you did down at the Grand River Center uh, when we get back on the chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We're back. We're in the studio uh, for episode 105. This is uh, the chatter, Rick Murfeld, from Caught Up in Christ, Becky Merfeld. Uh, Becky Murfeld. Becky Kropfel, Rick Murfeld.
2: And sure we're, we're around, related somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: it's Dubuque. <laughs> it's Dubuque. So uh, we want to talk about a couple of things. We want to talk about Advent, but before we go there, Rick, we want to talk about uh, you had a... Um, a booth. You had your books, some some other materials, and you were out. You were working the crowd. You had a table at our event for Aquinas Communications, the 10th anniversary down at the mm-hmm. Grand River Center, the night that Ray Garandi, Dr. Ray, came in. And um, you got some stories. Tell us uh, what that encounter looked like.
2: We do. When I first started at this after our interaction with Sophie that first day, I kind of thought that I was the only one who was struggling with my Adult children and my grandchildren come to find out that I am not, um, which kind of energized the whole, you know, Mm -hmm. setting up the nonprofit, setting up the five hundred one c three, all that stuff. Thursday night, uh, we had three conversations with um, people who. uh, One young lady came up and was telling a, um, you know, was concerned because she had a granddaughter who had tried to take her own life twice in the last twelve months. Wow. And she was wondering, is there anything I? How can old do? was
0: the granddaughter? Any sense? Uh,
2: she just said teenager. Okay. Um, and uh, wow! And, and she just and she felt just hopeless. She said, "I don't know what to do." And so we talked about some of the same strategies that you certainly can continue to do because we will not give up the fight on our families. And in fact, after the after the um, conference, I talked with uh, Dr. Ray. Yeah. And I gave him my book and I said, thanks for absolving all of us for our guilt about the fact that we're not, you know, some of our family are struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, But I said, I gave him the book and I said, and now we're going to help people take the next step to win them, to fight to have them come back. And he said, oh, you know, and I think that's the message that people are kind of drawn to is finally someone that wants to help me in my day in and day out experiences with my kids, my conversations. To be able to help save my adult children.
0: Not to steal your thunder, Rick, but Becky, I'm wondering in your ministry, and you're seeing people mm-hmm. perish, nursing of. You seeing suicides? What are you oh. seeing here in Dubuque?
1: Yes, and one of my little 90 year old plus year old that I talked to today that was worried about her children. She just lost her grandson to suicide, probably within the last two or three months. Really? Yeah. You know.
0: It's just what just are you too. seeing, Rick?
2: It's a scary thing, and the, and the the piece, and it's not only the suicide. It's the experimental drug use. It's that belief that you know I can create my own true, you know, my own truth. I can drive on the lake because that's what the world continues to tell us. So that if I just try this one pill, nothing's going to happen, and all of a sudden you tried the one that was, you know, had fentanyl in it, cursed. You know, cursed absolutely, and wow. so that's and, and so it's not just our adult kids. Um, but the same thing. We've also heard, you know, there are local stories of suicides of, in terms of the thirty-five and the forty-five-year-old, you know, sons and daughters mm-hmm. who are leaving parents or leaving, you know, their own mm-hmm. kids, what
0: because they had lost. Go back their hope. to the uh, the woman at the uh, Thursday night event, and mm-hmm. was there more to the story? How did it end?
2: She didn't tell me. Um, we kind of changed the focus um, to, from one of the other ladies. I'll answer that question just for a second. The other one lady asked, she came up and she said something that I thought was interesting. She says, I understand you're, you've started a support group for parents who are concerned about their kids. And I thought, whoa, maybe that's part of what we're doing. But the other part of that is to so go. So is
0: that, is that a yay or an nay? You have started a support group? I think group?
2: we're going to have to. I think we're going to have So, is
0: she to. asking that, or she was, she was presumptive asking. on the point? Or? She
2: was asking for it, and then we had two other people pick up information cards saying, "I've got someone I'm going to share this with." And so, the reality is, is there's a lot of people out there that are concerned about their family, their kids, or their adult kids in the. Is there anything like
0: that around town, Becky?
1: No, but you know, it, it kind of maybe that is something to give thought. You could be a good mentor to go into each parish, and to help. You know, each parish set this up. You know, we need someone to kind of set the outline. It goes
2: directly back to that partnership thing, and that's one of the, the strategies that I shared with this mom. Is I said, you need to find yourself a parenting or grandparenting partner—someone in your community, someone in your church, a family member—because you've got to be able to activate. And as Deacon Bill once told me, he says, "Oh, Rick, we need to put a prayer hit out on this person." And we kinda of giggled with the reality, that's kind of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But then here's the piece that we can do. We've got to then be strategic about what's our next step. And so we talked with this mom about going back and, you know, the next time she connects with her with her family member, mm-hmm. whether it's texting, whether it's in person, maybe it's the holidays, right? Then maybe she can get the young lady off to the, you know, side or maybe a corner of the rec room mm-hmm. and say, Sweetheart, is it okay that I'm worried about you? And if we ask people questions like that, it it, it changes the nature of the conversation, right? The defenses don't, the shields don't come up. You know, the, the Star Wars shields don't come up. And then when they say, yeah, then you can say, I am concerned about you. Have you considered, you know, have you thought about your relationship with God recently? You know, and things like that to be able to reconnect with them. That's again nurture that relationship because that grandmother is it concern may be they're the,
0: looking for Rick, or is it love? I'm just asking. I know you've got a style. You make this approach.
2: The moms or the or the granddaughters. I'm, I'm
0: just what you just said. Uh, you know, get this young woman out of the crowd at. At the party, the Thanksgiving dinner, whatever, and you're asking, is it all right that I'm concerned about you? Should I be concerned about you, or does she just want you to say, "I love you"?
2: I think that's I think that's definitely a part of it, and to be able to share with him that, and, and I don't want you to forget that God loves you too, because then that opens up the opportunity for a conversation too.
0: I'm just wondering. In in the, I'm not here to be argumentative. Hope, hope I don't sound that way. But not if that all. young woman, and maybe she was suicidal, we're we're talking hypothetical. Yep. She don't know God. She does. The only thing she knows is you. And if she doesn't know God, I don't know how God's love breaks through that ice breaker, hey, Becky. Uh, you know
2: but Here's she, the other thing that, does
0: she know that anybody at that Thanksgiving dinner loves her?
2: That's the that's the, the piece about the lie that especially our young people are dealing with. They can go through life having it all figured out and knowing that they get to create oh, they their own got all truth the until they get to that moment. That's when the moment you know comes to them and they realize, I've been lied to. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm falling apart. I know I'm falling apart. Is there anyone in my life... That I can turn to, and so what the research shows us is that kids, especially teens and young twenties, are looking for someone who knows the truth, mm-hmm. and they are looking for spiritual reality. That's what the that's what the you know that's what the research shows us, and so the question is: Is will there be anyone at your Thanksgiving dinner or your Christmas celebration who has the comfort? to stay in the conversation. A little bit of confidence to answer questions and just a little bit of courage to stand up and to, to expose themselves to you know so that everybody knows that's the one person in my family who believes.
0: And, and I'm not saying there's one approach better than the other, maybe mm-hmm. both approaches out there, but I see one approach as I thought I heard. Should I be concerned about you, Emily? Mm-hmm. Or should I worry about you, Emily? Or Emily, I just want you to know, I really love you. right. And maybe you do the same thing and you know it's it's not a 10 second deal. it's a, it's a conversation.
2: Right, right. And you can prep for that. But then again, before you go into that conversation, Lord, give me hear, words to hear, you know word, ears to hear words to speak. And then invite the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And then all of a sudden you're saying things or asking you know questions. And you're wondering, where the hell did that come from? Well, it came from the Holy Spirit because God's on mm-hmm. your side too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so a lot of that is you need to get comfortable with your approach with your family. And it depends on your relationship with that young lady with Emily. You know, if you don't know Emily or if you're a distant relative, that's going to change the nature of your connection.
0: Who else did you meet at the uh, Dr. Ray event? Any other stories? <clears throat> I thought you had two.
2: We did. Yep. The other story is a, another young mom who's convinced or fearful that she's lost her adult child. Um, How so? Lost. In- lost in terms of she's given up on her faith and she doesn't want to have. You know, she. The one lady said she hasn't. I haven't talked to her in a year. Something happened. I don't know what happened, but she said she hasn't talked to me in over a year. Wow. What do I do?
0: And you said?
2: And I said, you know, kind of go. You know, one I just said, hey. You know, I wish I could jump over the table, give you a hug, because she's hurting.
1: Mm-hmm. People oh, are yeah.
2: And we need to go to those, you know, say, hey, we got you. Don't give up. We're not giving up on you. We're not giving up on God. Now let's strategize about the next thing. And one of the things that, you know, Advent's coming, right? And I yeah. think one of the things about Advent that if I had the ability, I would encourage people to do a couple of things. Um. Fourth, maybe we can maybe we can go in this direction now, Tom. Stop me or throw something at me if you don't want to. In week one of Advent this year.
0: Which is uh it's the it's, first? It's, it's, it's uh Yeah, where am I at? December. December 1st? December 3rd, third. First okay. Sunday of Advent. Because Christmas is on a Monday, so Oh, it's a short. We've got the fourth mm-hmm. Sunday of Advent and then the next day Christmas is day. Christmas. So the fourth Sunday of Advent is actually Christmas Eve.
2: Oh, boy. So we have to get a lot done in a short amount of time.
0: Might as well just leave the car running in the church lot. <laughs> That's right.
2: That's right. <laughs>
1: week, <laughs> week one. You mean I have to go to church two days in oh, a row? Don't oh, say, my. Don't <laughs> yeah. oh, my. There's that conversation. Oh, my. Week
0: uh, one. You're really not going to like heaven, are you? <laughs> <laughs> If you don't like going to church on the fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas Day, you're really not going to like heaven.
2: Right. But mm-hmm. I so look forward to being you know, being able to wake each morning, and all I have to do every day, all day, for every day, is to praise God. Here, repeat mm-hmm. after me. Oh.
0: We get to go to church two days in a row. Yay.
2: Right. Wow. Absolutely. And that, what a concept.
0: Yeah. I cut you off, Rick. What were we talking That's about? Okay. Let's we, talk we'll about try some to find suggestions ad, for Advent. Advent on and then we're December go... 3rd.
2: And then we're going to go back to that mom who hasn't talked with her daughter in right. 12 months. Week one, reflect on the roots of your Christmas tree. Think about the roots of your Christmas tree.
0: I left them out in the yard. Did you? Over in East Dubuque. I cut the tree down. The roots are still there.
2: Oh, well, good. You're close to your roots. Yeah. But this is that whole caught up in Christ piece, Right. It's so easy to get caught up in the nativity story, the, the, the gifts, the, the trees, the, all the fussing, the did I get the pumpkin right. pie right? Did I relieve ourselves of that and, and take a little bit of time to realize, to get back to that story, to put yourself on your knees at that manger, but then go a step farther and realize where does, where does a Christmas story fit into the larger story? And that's that 60-second story of Jesus or Jesus in 60 seconds,
0: mm-hmm.
2: remember? And this is something else that people may want to write down and practice because it's somebody's Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. Someone's going to say, okay, Mom, or okay, Dad, you got me. Where does Jesus fit into the God story? And we, I wouldn't have been able to answer the question four years ago, but now I can, right? And here it is. Let me start the clock. Let's see how I do it.
0: All right, you got two minutes.
2: God created all of us to live in perfect harmony with him, but we live in a broken world, a sinful world. And jeepers, look around, it's easier to see that every day, right? But God knew this was gonna happen, and so he made a plan to restore the harmony. And so at the appointed time, in the appointed place, Jesus was born at Bethlehem. And then the story goes forward to Calvary, where Jesus allowed himself to be crucified And when he died on that cross, he was carrying the sins of the world for those who believe. And when he walked out of the tomb three days later, he not only had defeated sin, he had defeated death itself. And that's why only in the name of Jesus can our sins be forgiven, our harmony restored with God, and our eternal life secured. How'd I do?
1: Top that, Tom.
0: Yeah, that'll work. That'll
2: work.
1: Is it in the book?
2: I don't know
0: Volume 2 Volume 2, that's right <laughs> Volume 2
2: My mother's <laughs> already asking good. When are you going to write the next one, Rick? Like, Mom um,
0: People don't understand how difficult a book is to write Oh
2: my gosh, it really is um, But that's part of that whole thing, is. right? Is to be able to have the simple crux of our Catholic faith That you can share with people Especially those who are disbelieving or dis. How does that all
0: play out, though, Becky In a world that doesn't believe there's any sin?
1: Yeah, this is true that's, I mean that
0: that whole, the
1: problem uh, like, there, like
0: there. your story your elevator speech worked good mm-hmm. by the time the bell dinged and the door is open you, you' got your story but Becky if they don't believe that there's any sin
1: no nope. they're all going to heaven there's or? no
2: need for a savior
1: no nope. I don't
0: even know if they think they're going to heaven. I think it's. I think it's. There's another.
1: It's the here and now.
0: The, I don't know. I think there's another. It's like the onion that there's another the layer of the uh,
1: uh, yep.
0: peel the yep. onion back, and I don't think heaven. Why? Why would there be heaven? I'm just right.
2: And most people, you have to remember when we when we kick God out of the conversation, or when we stop tracking what what God's doing, we lose track of where Satan's at and how mm-hmm. he's trying to ruin our lives. And that's why, for so many people, when you stop thinking about God, oh, the devil just has a heyday.
1: He does. You've opened that door.
2: Absolutely. You're not. You're not even looking for it's like. No. You know. It's like you know trying to, to run a football defensive plan without. You know, to have an offense without taking into account the free safety. Well, where did he come from? That's because you forgot about him. Mm -hmm. You didn't plan for him
0: And he likes when you forget about him And
2: he loves it when you forget about him And so that's why it's important for us to talk about things like sin And to use the word, right? That's why another specific that is really helpful You know, when someone wrongs us or when they do something And they say, you know, I'm sorry What do we normally say back? No problem Hey, don't worry about it, right? Because we don't want to affect I'm training myself to say, I forgive you changes the conversation sure it's just does. like wait a minute mm-hmm. why do i have to be forgiven because you wronged me
0: our guest is rick murfeld rick we're flat out of time wow has it gone fast roll?
2: becky
1: well the name of the book is caught up in christ and his website caught up in christ all one word dot com.
2: Or dot .org. Yep.
1: Or dot org. Both,
0: either or. Either or. And we can get the book there uh, directly from your website.
2: Yep, or your favorite book provider.
0: Uh-huh. I always like going to the real I do too. location. I do, too. And Good. Cut the uh, middleman's price out here. So, episode 105 comes to an end. Rick, we're going to have to have you uh, back after uh, the holidays and... Make sure that nobody spilled the cranberries while you were uh, <laughs> evangelizing here.
2: Awesome.
0: Let's come to the end. In the name of the Father, and the, the Son, Son, and the and Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, Father and to, to the, the Son, Son and, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it, it was, was in the beginning, is now, and, now, and ever shall be, be and the world without, without end. end, amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number 105, Becky, number 105 is in the can, as they say. Tune in again next week. We love you.